Ladies and gentlemen, your favorite boys are back here. This is ASN number Jackie Robinson today. We're coming at you with the 42 today, episode 42. Daily Dan, my friend. How we doing, bud? I'm pretty good. How are you doing? 42? I see that. So that's what you can't, I, for anybody who wasn't, well, no, no, nobody was listening. So for <laughs> what we talked about right before is that uh, you were driving home thinking about that intro. So you were thinking about Jackie Robinson on your way home. I was thinking about Jackie Robinson. Then I was thinking about the movie 42. Then I was thinking of Chadwick Boseman. And then I was thinking about how selfish it was of him to not share his diagnosis with us before his eventual passing. <laughs> you were going through a whole wave of emotions. I, and I'm telling you, the reason I almost crashed is because I was thinking about this while it was pouring raining as well. So just too terrible, like drifting off into space while driving and then driving in the rain. And it was even worse. It wasn't, I wasn't driving my personal vehicle. I was driving my work truck too. So it was, it was, it was even worse. Uh, so you were having a moment today. Yeah, I was. I'm sure my partner was talking to me, and I wasn't even paying attention. I was just thinking of Chadwick Boseman in a in a Brooklyn Dodgers uniform. <laughs> but we are we are happy to be here for episode number 42. How and, long has it been now? What, what what is it? Two weeks, maybe? Uh, let's see. The last time I checked, it was uh, July 25th. So right, yeah, about, it's about, been a while. Two yeah. Weeks. yeah, two weeks in a day or two. You know, this is this is exactly what happens when we're not getting NFL content pumped down yeah. our throats. It's a little bit more lax. Um, well, you very, didn't very enjoy the, uh, about the NFL top 100 list that they put out. L- didn't wait. Hold on. Can we before we even talk about anything that we want to get into? <laughs> didn't they? Didn't they release the NFL top 100 and then realized how shit it was and then they like redid it or something? Like well, I didn't hear about a redo, but I do know that Austin Eckler did was like some a top type of 15 redo player or some something, way, shape or form. Someone did some type of redo. I think maybe maybe it was this. Have you ever heard you you're in the uh social medias? Wow, I really sounded old when I said that. Um you you know you stadium, right? They have an app yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I think they released the top one hundred, and I'm not gonna lie to you, I think their top one hundred was miles better. Well, it, it almost has to NFL. Be. I mean, look, I've got a problem with player selected awards. Like no. not just not just lists, but you know, like uh like a bunch of the MLB All-Star reserves are chosen by the players. You know, this NFL Top 100 list is chosen by the players. I know there are a few other things that are player chosen. I don't know. I forget if the Pro Bowl has any uh, player chosen spots. But I think it's. I think there's. I think there's just one on each team that's yeah, a player so, chosen spot. But like, I don't understand why we let players choose. It's not that they're not smart enough to know. It's that they're busy playing the sport. How are they going to know? You know who's who's the best or not? Like you know if. Okay, so for MLB All Star reserves, like if, um, all right, let, let's okay, let's pick one of our favorites. If Luke Weaver goes in and has like the start of his life uh, against the Phillies, and all of a sudden the Phillies, you know, Phillies players are like, well, you know, I, I spent the last four months playing baseball, but that Luke Weaver really came in here and, and cooked us. And you know what? How are you going to let them put him vote him as an All Star? I wish you would have said Patrick Corbin. <laughs> <laughs> I, I you know at least Patrick Corbin was an all star. Who's throwing a Stephen Walker gem right now? <laughs> uh, Patrick Corbin is an all star, and he's also a World Series champion. Two things Luke Weaver can't claim. Uh, but no, I, Luke I have Weaver a, probably will never claim. No, I don't think so. But I have a huge problem with these player chosen things. Yeah, I they're agree. busy playing the sport. How are they supposed to be able to like properly ev- evaluate players around the league, any league at all? Yeah, so and there's that, some. That's my issue with it. There's some. I agree with you because there are some athletes that physically play the sport and don't even care to watch the sport. 
I yeah, mean, which is fine. But you remember yeah. Kayvon Thibodeau last year was saying how he was like he had no idea who like half of these Hall of Fame players are because he doesn't yeah. watch the sport. And people think that's egregious, but it's like, don't get me wrong. I know that there's a saying that, oh, you know, let's say football, for instance. It's like, oh, you eat, sleep, and breathe football. It's like, yeah, for us, we know all the players. We know all the teams. We know all the awards. These guys are physically playing the game. Like, you know how much mental fortitude and gymnastics it takes to even wrap your head around being a six foot five, 270 pound animal running at another yep. six foot five, 270 pound animal. Like, yeah, they're not going to pay attention to what's going on. So like, I, I, I think it's funny that people think it's unfathomable that like pro athletes sometimes don't watch the sport they even play. You know, there's like a famous story of, uh, I think, you know, I think back when A-Rod first got to the Yankees uh, and he was still close with Jeter, um, he went like he went to Jeter's house or whatever. I maybe I guess it was during the season because baseball is part of the story. He went to Jeter's house and he was like, "Hey, what, where's the base? What channel's the baseball package?" And Jeter's like, "I don't watch baseball." You know, this guy who's got almost thirty five hundred hits. He's like, "Yeah, I don't, I don't watch it." Yeah, I mean, but that's, see, like, that's how half these guys are. And then some of them, like A Rod, are obsessed with it. But it, it produces lists like the NFL top one hundred lists that have like Austin Eckler top 15 in the league ahead of Nick Chubb and, and Derek Henry and all those. Yeah. And it's funny because that seems like such a Derek Jeter thing too. Like, <laughs> Oh, I don't like also prim and proper to like, oh, I don't watch baseball. I, <laughs> I spend my time reading on the vineyard or something like that. Like that's, that's how that seems. But, but you're right. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I make it a point at this point in the preseason to go on Twitter or X or whatever the hell you want to call it now uh, and mute the hashtag NFL top 100 or <laughs> NFL 100, because I, I don't want to get mad when I don't have to. So I, so I just make sure I don't even, I don't even check it. I, as long as, as long as Patrick Mahomes is number one, that's fine. Right. Which they got that right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I tweeted, I don't know if you saw my tweet. I was like, I, I, will, I, not, I will not be getting mad at the NFL top 100 this year. I will not <laughs> let myself get mad at it. Obviously it's at work. Um, but you know, uh, but for work, we have a, you know, a, a Slack channel and we have a, an article that we are constantly updating every time they came out with updates. So the, uh, one of our interns would drop in, um, would drop in like the latest update in the Slack and he would always be waiting for me to message. Cause even whether I was working or not, I would drop in and like list my grievances with, uh, with, with the lists. Uh, so every, yeah, almost every single day I was like, everybody was waiting for me to give my, uh, my criticisms shed, of it, which, I, of which I had a few, I think I held back a little bit, but, um, but what, what makes it, what makes it the top 100, a little bit annoying is that, you know, if it's, this is after, it's always after I do my, positional rankings right and so like i feel like i'm a little more well versed on who should be ahead of who at that point not that i'm you know the 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 end all of of where everybody should be ranked no but, that's me but i feel that no that's you i i you're you're right above me but you know i feel like after i teach myself even more about these guys than i ever knew and then i see you know hate to keep using the example but austin eckler like ranked as the top running back in the league i'm like all right i've like i, I gotta say something here. this is this is out of control officially yeah, it it's it, it really is. You're right, and I'm I'm actually. You know what's funny? Uh, speaking of, I, I know we didn't want to speak on this, and I I don't want to speak yet because the video itself is gaining traction. It usually takes about two days or so. Uh, towards the weekend, 
uh, it, you know, you, you pick up Steam, uh, YouTube algorithm, whatever the hell you want to call it. Uh, but I released my uh, tier rankings of the top of, of all the starting quarterbacks in the NFL or presumed starting quarterbacks, whatever you want to call it. And I, I didn't even look because I don't like to look at this is what as someone that quote unquote mentors a, a, a YouTube, I, I, a YouTuber, I, I actually do a younger guy. And I tell him the, the first thing that I do when I'm making a list or a ranking or something, I never search the, the topic at hand because I don't want it to skew my thoughts right. because that's how you get cookie cutter articles, cookie cutter videos where everyone has the same rankings. So I always say, like, after it's done, uploaded, then I'll look at everyone else's because then I can't go back and change it uh, or try and be swayed. So I didn't look at yours or your you you did 20, which honestly, for Instagram and all that, it's much better to do it that way than all mm -hmm. 32 starting quarterbacks. But and from 20 to one, our lists were pretty fairly similar because I feel like especially I feel like one through 12 is interchangeable in terms of where you're going to have the quarterbacks, yeah. but not who the top 12 is. I feel like, yeah. I, yeah. but yeah, but like, so I looked at it and I was like, huh, like that's, it, we're, we're pretty spot. I mean, our top five, I'm pretty sure was top like six or seven was pretty much identical. Yeah. I so, think so. so uh, you had Hertz at three, right? Yes. Yeah. So did I. Uh, well, someone I, I, was like, someone was like, explain to me how Jalen Hurts is better than Josh Allen. And I was like, did you see some of the throws that he made in the in the Super Bowl? Like, yeah, like you know, if you, if you ever seen. Eyes, you could tell it's not just like he's the product of a, of the system there. Like they, yeah. he's made, he's the one making these throws. Yeah, it's unbelievable. But that's that's what I I you know I with lists and all that kind of stuff and rankings. I I used to get myself crazy because when I used to do that kind of stuff. I used to gather information and like almost try and be different when I was gathering that information. And it's like, why am I doing that? Like, why would I, if, if everyone has Burrow and Patrick Mahomes as two and one, why would I switch them just to be controversial? Like yeah. sometimes some things don't need to be controversial and, and that's exactly one of them. But I thought it was interesting that I was like, all right, here we go. I'm going to look at Dan's top 20 and I want to see what, what's different. And I was like, okay, like really not that different for the most part. I mean, we're just so, you know, we just got so much chemistry. It, yeah, it's ridiculous. Same it's brain. <laughs> it's just left brain, right brain thing. But Well, I, I saw somebody going after you saying, well, you know, I can't, I can't put uh, Justin Herbert above Lamar Jackson after all, yeah. if, if between, with their accomplishments. All right, now we're going to talk about it. Um, <laughs> we don't have to, but I did. We'll, we'll I talk did about that, that one. Yeah, and we agree on that because I have Herbert top five, obviously. Yeah. Uh, his gripe with what I had was uh, initially what he had was that I had Russell Wilson as low as I did. I think I had Russ at like, I think I had Russ at 17. And I had Russ at 17 and Deshaun Watson at 18. And he was like, well, Russ had one bad year. Uh, how could you rank him so low? And I said, well, the NFL is a what have you done for me lately league. Like, I'm not basing my 2023-24 rankings off of 2021. Like, that's, that's not how that yeah. works. And then he said, oh, like, I, I can't see him being 
below Daniel Jones and Geno Smith. I was like, all right, I get that. Like a lot of people would probably think the same way, but in terms of what we've seen from the past year, yet again, like I just told you, you know, we, we can't go off of previous and that, and, and that was really the main point of his argument where he was like, oh, well, I think it should take in consideration what they've done throughout their career. And I said, I get what you're saying, but that doesn't make sense because if, if that's what we're going off of, then last year, Tom Brady wouldn't have been number one. And is Tom Brady the number one quarterback in the NFL last year? No. And, it probably and, wasn't even top yeah, 10, honestly. No. And, you know, in some ways, you know, in some ways you did account for the fact that he might not be as bad as he was last year. Because let's be honest. He was he terrible was not, last year. He was not a top 20 quarterback last year. I mean, I hate to say it, but, like, he, you know, he looked, as, he looked like Davis Mills out there at times <laughs> last year. Uh, I, that only comes to mind because the Texans are playing. A, they, I think Davis Mills is playing right now in the preseason. Oh, but, uh, turn it off. But yeah. but it was completely true. Like that Russell Wilson. I mean, you remember the 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 counter of uh, tracking if he would have more touchdown passes than bathrooms he has in his mansion, which I think was eleven. And it took until like January for him to to pass that. Yeah. I mean, he he flat out wasn't good. So you know, putting him. Around, you know, if you put him at 17 or whatever, I think I put him at like 20. You know, that's accounting for the fact, well, he's probably not going to be as bad as he was here. And, you know, Nathaniel Hackett probably had a little something to do with it. But at the same time, you can't just assume he's going to play like he did in Seattle for a few years uh, after that's what he did last year. That was exactly like kind of my point. It was like I gave him room for the benefit of the doubt. It was like, like you said, if, if I'm basing it solely off of last year, Russ was probably going to be in my bottom tier. After, after last year, like I, he didn't really like get where I was going, but the coup de, but, but the the piece de resistance on this was that he said to me, I mean, listen, in all due respect, I he doesn't know. I mean, no one knows who we're talking about, and I'm not going to say like his name, but I've had spats with him on Twitter before, and he's one of those guys that argues with his heart more than his brain. So like what he's talking about doesn't necessarily make sense. Yeah. So he asked me, he goes, so with your way of thinking he goes if justin herbert has a terrible year this year will you rank him outside the top five next year i said well probably and it's on a number of factors i said if if six through ten if those guys in the six through ten range have a good year and justin herbert doesn't then who knows maybe trevor lawrence will be up there then you know maybe they might swap places i was like and then i said which i think pissed him off i said that's usually how rankings work right you know like if someone doesn't do good they go down they don't go up if they do terrible like i don't know what i don't know what you're not understanding about this and then he was just like you're not being consistent and i'm like how am i not what so what's the answer if herbert has a has a terrible year he should still be top five like of course you're making you'd be making the right move there yeah i, mean, I, I just you can't do I, it now yeah, they, oh, you're right. He's gonna have a terrible year. Let me put him at thirty. Yeah, yeah. He like, can't just you, like, like, oh, you know what? I, I, you know, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe Aaron Rodgers is gonna fall off a cliff this year. I'm just gonna put him at twenty four, and we're yeah, gonna, that's, that's we're gonna see that happens. I think the one which we talked about this over text, which I was very surprised about, because usually this is one of my most, as you could attest to, this is one of my most controversial pieces of content that I usually put out every year. And I'm not gonna lie, as a seasoned vet at this point. I don't get nerve. I don't get like I used to get the yips when I posted videos because I was nervous about what people thought about my opinion. Now I don't give a shit. And but this is usually the one video a year that that it doesn't break me, but it cracks me a little bit. 
because usually there's no one that ever has anything good to say about it. It's usually like, oh, this guy, he, he's 24. He should have been 23. It's like, really, like we're, we're going to argue about one spot. You could have it at that point. But the one gripe that I've seen on the video and like on Twitter was someone just said, oh, like Brian Tannehill's too low. And I was like, I could live with that. That's, that's fine. I yeah. had, I think I had Tannehill at, uh, from, if I'm remembering correctly, I think Tannehill was like 24 or something like that. Yeah, yeah I mean, I didn't have I didn't have him in my top 20. He probably would have been 21 or 22. But yeah, I, I mean, that's fine. Like, <laughs> listen, that's cool. I mean, if you think like, you know, he was the product of uh, the bad offensive line and terrible scheme, then all right, yeah. that's fine. The, I don't think it's going to get better this year, but. But then, this, you know, you do, you do. this is one thing that I think that you could definitely agree on because, you know, you're a rational, level-headed human being. Not only are you a rational, level-headed human being, but a fan. You're a rational fan as well. So I had someone message me. And he goes on Instagram and he goes, I don't get why CJ Stroud, Anthony Richardson, and... Bryce Young are all dead last. Then I said, uh, you know, I, I'm respect like I am as respectful to you in the comments and DMs as you are to me. If you come at me with that energy, you're gonna fuck around and find out. You know what I mean? <laughs> but but if you're respectful, I'll be just as respectful. It's it's two way street. So that's what he said. And I said, well, I said it's pretty standard proce- procedure for my rankings. I was like. If you're a rookie and you haven't taken a snap in the NFL, you're not getting – I don't care who it is. If Zach Wilson was still the starting quarterback of the New York Jets, those guys aren't getting ranked over Zach Wilson. Mm-hmm. Like He's played in the NFL. We have no idea how good these guys are going to be. And he was like, respectfully, that doesn't make sense. And I'm like, well, how does it not make sense? Now that I'm starting to get mad, I'm like, how does it not make sense? He was like, yeah, but we're basing it off of potential. I was like, who's basing it off of potential? Like there are just some people that just don't do not understand rookies in any. If I see a, a ranking of any position, except for fantasy, because fantasy is a different story. Like a lot of people have Bijan Robinson as like a top three running back. I right. get that because like it's it's completely different. It's not real life. I get it. If if I had a running back rank, or if I saw a running back ranking and I saw Bijan Robinson out like, like, not anywhere near the bottom of the list, like you're automatically discredited. Same thing with like, you shouldn't have rookies that have never played a snap anywhere over players that have played snaps in the NFL. That's just, I mean, for me, I mean, one of those guys most likely will be in the top 20 next year, but you can't, but you don't know who it's going to be. You know, I mean, you could make a big prediction. That's fine. But you know, Trevor Lawrence came in and he was probably a bottom five. He was a bottom five quarterback year one, and nobody panicked because panicked because that's what rookies do. I mean, you know, sometimes they're great, uh, but more often than not, they come in looking like that. And uh, I'm going to see where I had him while you keep talking. I'm going to see where I had him last year and where I had him this year. Yeah. So in 2021, I didn't have Trevor. Well, I know you did all 32, but I, I of course didn't even have Trevor Lawrence in my top 20 last year, and of course the potential was there. Yeah, uh, but it was like he definitely has not shown enough. Like it's not like he's borderline. Like he is. He looked like a bottom five quarterback in twenty twenty one. So I can't do it in twenty twenty two. So in twenty twenty one, when I first did positional rankings, I I actually included rookies, um, but it, it was only two of them. It was Kyle Pitts and Najee Harris. And then after that, I said, eh, you know, 
I think I'm just going to skip two really thin positions, though. So like, right, exactly. Yeah. Like, like, and that's the, that's kind of the hard part this year. Is a lot of people were like, "Where's Bijan Robinson?" And I have to explain, like, he's going to be in the top twenty after next year. I'd be shocked if he isn't. But at the same time, it's just like it's just too much of a gray area. Like, it's a matter of principle that I'm just not ranking rookies. Um, you know, Kyle Pitts lived up to it too. People, people were were incredibly upset that Kyle that I had Kyle Pitts in the top ten before he played a snap, but he lived up to it. But uh, it's just it's just there's too much of a gray area to keep doing that. So I'm yep. I'm just not I'm not. Last year I didn't do it. This year I didn't do it. And so do we want to hear now that I have it pulled up? Do we want to see what my what my ranking from 2022 was? Yeah, we do. All right, hold on. This is really this is wow. This is something. Um, honestly, some of them are dubs. Some of them are terrible. Uh, so we have. So last, I had Geno Smith, which was perfectly yeah. reasonable. At I mean, the that's time. reasonable. Yeah. On, so you my, know. my bottom tier, thirty-two to twenty-six in order, was Geno Smith, Justin Fields, Trey Lance, Trevor Lawrence, Daniel Jones, Zach Wilson, Davis Mills. All right, David. David so that, that's an order from thirty-two up. Yeah. Okay. Davis Mills might have been a little bit of a stretch, even though he did have an okay rookie year. That's why I was. But he did. I mean, looking back at it, having Davis Mills ranked over. Uh, even Justin Fields, I'll say the only one. I mean, yeah. I mean, poor take. <laughs> uh, twenty-five to twenty-one was oh boy, was wow. This might be the worst line of all of them. I'm feeling Daniel Jones is going to be in there, right? No, he Daniel was Jones was in the bottom. Oh, he was in the bottom one. Yeah. Well, I mean, he was he was pretty terrible in twenty twenty one. So, um, twenty-five to twenty-one is Marcus Mariota. Mitchell Trubisky, Carson Wentz, Jameis Winston, oh my God. and Tua Tagovailoa. Oh, this was almost the all-benched uh, group. Yeah, four, of them, four of them got benched, right? So who – wait, run that back. Mariota got benched. Wentz got benched. Jameis got benched. Who was the other one that got Trubisky. benched? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then Tua died on the field. And then – well, I mean, you know, but at least he, he, he way overperformed that when he was on the field. Uh, 20 through 16 is – oh, God. Is Sam Darnold, Mac Jones, Ryan Tannehill, Jared Goff, Jalen Hurts? Wasn't Baker Mayfield the, the the projected starter at that point last year? I held out hope that it was. Oh, oh wait, no, no, <laughs> well, no. Now Darnold I remember. Was, now was I remember. The best Panthers quarterback last year. Now I remember what I did. Uh, they didn't have for some reason for this template. They didn't have Baker Mayfield's okay. face, so I used Baker. I used Sam Darnold for Baker Mayfield. Okay, so, so that was Baker Mayfield. Yep. Um, then 15, oh, 15 through 11. This is pretty solid, I guess. No, it's not. Uh, Matt, <laughs> <laughs> Matt Ryan, Kirk Cousins, Kyler Murray, Derek Carr, Deshaun Watson. Uh, that's actually I, – I think that's pretty close to what I had last year. I definitely had Matt Ryan, I think, 15. Uh, so you know we were all kind of on that on that yeah. train of like, well, he could have a Philip Rivers year where he's a little bit better than last year, you know, in the Colts system. Obviously, ten, it didn't work out. Ten through six was Dak, Lamar Jackson, Russell Wilson, Matthew Stafford, Joe Burrow. Yeah, I mean that's close. That's I might have had Burrow fifth. I forget. That's close to what I had. You know, Stafford think, was right in that range. Dak was like tenth or whatever. Yeah. Russell Wilson was ninth, maybe. This is where I tried to be controversial, and I had Joe Burrow <laughs> under uh, Justin Herbert. So five through one is 
Herbert, Brady, uh, Josh Allen, Aaron Rodgers at two. I mean, back-to-back MVPs. Yeah, I had, the, I had the same thing. I didn't even, After back-to-back MVPs, I think that was pretty much standard. Yeah, and then, obviously, Patrick Mahomes. And then uh, I had all the backups at the bottom, too. Yeah, there was no – for some reason, there was no – they had – they had Kyle Trask, but they didn't have Baker Mayfield's face. Well, that Mayfield trade wasn't until July, so they, I, I guess it was a little late. I don't remember when I even did that. I don't know, but I love looking back at like um, at like old videos. Like I did that with my uh, way too early twenty twenty three mock draft, and I was like, honestly, some of the picks really weren't that bad, and I think one of them was accurate. Like, which is crazy because it was like literally the day after the draft I put it out. Yeah. So even to get one of them right was like a, a win. But uh, yeah, it's it just I, I love looking back at all that old stuff, but. Sir, we do have to get a little bit on track after 24 minutes of ban- 25 minutes of banter. Well, I got what I wanted. I got we got to break down your. You, did, your, I know, you really wanted to get that out of me, but to, there will be more. There will be more because as the video continues to progress, I'm sure that I'll get some people that you know don't leave there. Oh, I have a guy flying from. Okay, we have to talk about this. For cut me up if we keep going. Talk. Cut me off at the thirty-minute mark if this okay. goes if this goes even that far. So I don't know if you saw last week I put out a, a video surrounding Justin Fields. So I had it with the MVP talk. I you know I had to kind of set the record straight where I said so the title granted the title and the thumbnail are supposed to be uh, clickbait. That's how you get you know I'm making money off of this people like. Of course, I'm going to try and draw you in to, to clicking on my video. So the title of it was, yes, comma, Justin Fields sucks. And then it was dot, 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 or does he? So basically, it's just a, it's, it was a 12-minute video on all the reasons why Justin Fields was bad, all the reasons why... He might not be as bad as we think because, you know, his offensive line was poor. His wide receivers were terrible and they, you know, all that kind of stuff. So basically the synopsis of, of the video was Justin Fields hasn't shown us anything yet to be deemed as a, as an MVP candidate, but this is a big third year for him where they finally look like they've invested in putting a team around him. So this will be the year that we're finally able to judge if Justin Fields actually sucks or not. Dan, it's like I murdered these people's <laughs> in front of them. I mean, I knew because I'll, I'll be straight with you guys that are listening. And if you're a Bears fan, I apologize. I'm a Jets fan and I can't stand some Giants fans. I can't stand all Patriots fans. The Bears have the most delusional fan base in the entire NFL. At 100%, they do. And I knew that it was going to be bad because it was a clickbaity title, clickbaity, you know, thumbnail, all that kind of stuff. But there was one guy. It was it was a pretty it was pretty funny. He said, uh, "Don't quit your day job. You're the one who sucks, you dumbass." And I thought it was funny. I love those kind of comments because obviously the guy didn't even click on the video. He just saw the thumbnail and was like, "All right, well, this guy's saying that my quarterback sucks." So I have to defend him like I personally Nobody know comes Justin for Fields. Justin Fields. Yeah, because Justin Fields is going to see that and be like, oh, my God, let me give this guy free season tickets. But so 
I'm like I said before, if you're respectful, I'm respectful. If you're not, I'm coming with the energy. Just, just, just know that. So the guy had like 16 spelling mistakes in the comment. So like, I don't, I think that spelling mistakes and grammatical errors are a cheap way to like respond to someone. But this one was really necessary because I actually had to read it like three times to understand what he was saying. He was just so, that angry. He couldn't even focus I, on what he was typing. He was seeing red. He was just <laughs> infuriated with, with my thumbnail. Didn't even watch the video. So he went on like a whole big thing and he was like, he was like, you need to get the facts straight. He doesn't suck. And then I said, wait, 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 wait. This was like 10 comments into the conversation. I was like, wait, did you even watch the video? I was like, and he was like, why would I watch that garbage? I'm like, you might want to rescind your comments if you watch the video. So I, I don't know. I haven't heard from him since. And he was commenting pretty rapidly. So I'm assuming he watched the video. He still realized the error of his ways. And then, and then just stopped commenting. But I thought, it was, oh, before that, the, the whole moral of this quick side story was that he told me that he was going to co- – <laughs> Because he said, I, I said something to him. I called him a yuppie or something like that. Like I called him like a terrible like insult. And he said, boy, you're a real keyboard warrior. And I said, well, unless you fly to New York, I said, you, you, there's nothing else that I could use other than my keyboard. And he goes, all right, I'm coming for you. So apparently the Chicago Bears fans fly to New York. Well, well that's why you haven't heard from him. He watched the video and then he took off. The, the, you're right. You know what? I'm getting a knock on the door while we're recording. This guy's going to beat my ass right now. Of live on 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 recording, but <laughs> I think it's so funny that like people will be like, "Yeah, real keyboard warrior." It's like, yeah, what am I gonna do? Yeah, Fly to you? You, and, you want and, me to like come and meet you in person? Like, a, do you uh, want he to might financially way, so. like take care of this? Like, I have to I have to spend money to prove my point. Like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> you want me to go to Chicago just to tell you to watch the video? That's what I'm saying. See, Bears fans are ridiculous. Yeah, it's a it's a wild fan base. I rank them. Uh, I rank them twenty fourth. A couple nights ago, which was generous, yeah, um, of course there. Which, which is why I think the reaction wasn't uh, wasn't terrible. Of course, there are a few Bears fans that are dramatic about it, but it, you know, it's not like last year when I ranked them three and fourteen. Although maybe the Bears fans held off a little bit because the beginning of my description yeah. in the ranking was that I, you know, I'm pretty much saying I won last year when I ranked them thirty second, <laughs> three and fourteen, and they finished thirty second and three and fourteen. So maybe that maybe they're going to lay off for a year. Yeah, I, I think you bought yourself at least a year when it comes to that. But I, I just, I just think it's funny that you know all these these fan bases. I mean, because you know, I do content on all thirty two teams, and I get thirty two teams worth of bad fans that try and fly to my location, try and beat me up. But I think it's hilarious. But one day, you know what? I'm going to do a series on that. One day, I'm going to fly if I ever get if my channel ever blows up to where I could spend money on doing videos, I'm going to fly one fan out from all 32 fan bases so they can kick my ass. I think that would be great content. I think that would be incredible content. I'm really, really investing in myself with that one. That would be incredible content. I may have to be uh, on hand for all those. Oh, yeah. You'll probably want to take a few swings, honestly. Who are you kidding? <laughs> but, well, speaking of Chicago, it's it's a good transition to what we're actually – supposed to quote unquote be talking about Dan and I, if you guys know this by now, don't know this by now, but we always have a list of things that we want to get to. And then eventually somewhere along the way, we usually get to them, but we do want to talk about Mr. Unfortunate, Mr. Series of Unfortunate Events, Lemony Snicket himself, Tim Anderson. 
That was that was good. I, that was I, good. I, I have to say though, there you missed a little bit with the transition because you spent you said speaking of Chicago, but right before that you had just said that I'd probably want to take a few swings. Oh, oh man. that would I mean it couldn't have lined up better with Jose Ramirez oh, taking man. this. I didn't even think swings. about that. All right, run it back. No. <laughs> We're gonna back but, up and redo it. But yeah, I mean, we were talking about this before. Has there been a player of any sport in like maybe Dylan Brooks? Maybe there's a player in any sport in 2023 that has taken more L's on the field, off the field, on the field again in the clubhouse. Like it's just been a disaster of a season for Chicago, for the White Sox themselves and for Tim Anderson. Yeah, no, this is it. When you say like, you know, Mr. Unfortunate, uh, in some ways that reminds me of, uh, of Domingo Herman because of how many things he's had gone wrong this year, but at least he had one thing go right. Tim yeah, Anderson, right. Tim Anderson, we, we were talking about the numbers a little bit before. Maybe I should pull them up. He has, uh, he's got one home run. Ugh. He's not hitting for average. You know, we all know he, he used to, I think one year he led the entire league in average. Uh, he's hitting 242, one home run. He's slugging 289. That's horrific. That's uh, that's terrible. OPS 573. His war is negative 1.7. I actually overestimated it before when I said negative 1.2. Negative 1.7. He's going to be a free agent after the year. Maybe that you know that could not be worse timing for this kind of year. The worst, like, like, like imagine what, what kind of contract he could have gotten two years ago. Uh, I was going to say this couldn't have been like the COVID shortened season, like that that this happened where we basically gave a free pass to like yeah. every person because we were like, well, it's a weird season. Tim Anderson, and then not to mention he got his jaw smoked by Jose Ramirez. But let's be real. Let, let, let's just throw this out there. Great shot by Jose Ramirez, and it was really unfortunate. But that just proves how unfortunate Tim Anderson has been that Jose Ramirez just threw a wild blind shot and just so happened to catch him right in the jaw because he wasn't even look. He was he was looking at the, his shoes when he threw that punch, and I mean it just. <laughs> And Tim Anderson threw the first like three punches, and I I don't know if one of them even connected. Maybe my dad, one, my like, dad really cracked me up. I sent him the video because my, obviously my dad's not on Twitter and all that kind of stuff. So I sent him the video, and he goes, "My God, Tim Anderson squared up like he was Muhammad Ali," and then he wound <laughs> up getting and then he wound up getting dropped. I mean, the way that he went like this at first, I was like, "Oh, Tim Anderson's going to show us like he's he's about it," and then he just gets dropped in a matter of like thirty seconds. When I first even. saw the video, like the the fir- my first watch through it, I was like. I was like, wait, was this like fake? Or like, are you know, are they yes. like playing around? I it, it was the same thing. Like, it was like cartoonish what Tim Anderson was doing. I thought the same thing because I took a nap because I was working midnights last week. So I took a nap and I woke up at like 730 at night and I'm just scrolling on TikTok. And the first thing I see is, is that. And I, and I sit there and I'm like, wait a minute, when did this happen? <laughs> And then I go on Twitter and and like NBC Sports posted it like 30 seconds ago. And I'm like, what is going on over there? Yeah, no, I went to Twitter and I, then I saw all the trends were like Tim Anderson, KO, all this. Other. Yeah, this is like this is like 10 minutes after it happened. So I'm like, oh, I guess this is real then. <laughs> I mean, I just like – and then to – I guess it's not even to top it all up. Just to add on to it. I don't know how many people really know about this because everyone's just still talking about Tim Anderson getting his clock cleaned. But, um, you know, the whole thing that came out with Yasmani Grandal where he 
where he basically said, you know, F you, all that, you know, screw that guy or whatever. And you know, Monty Grandal smacked him in the face in the club. <laughs> like, like, dude is just taking, like, his, forget his bat, his career batting average. His chin is just taking a beating this season. Like, the poor guy just can't catch a break. But at the same time, with a big, <clears throat> pardon me, with a big personality, you know, big ego, all that kind of stuff. He's not really playing well. You could get away with the big ego when you're playing well. When you're playing like Even Tim Anderson is two bad. years ago. You know, if, you're, if you're playing well and you're about to get $100 million or whatever as a free agent, you know, you say what you want. But You say what you want and the guys in the clubhouse probably don't like it. But at the same point, they go, we'll deal with it because, you know, this guy's producing. You got one home run and, and, uh, and my, my dog can slug more than you. I mean, you know, you say something to me, especially if it's like something like that. He was like, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll fly him to the airport. Myself. I'll drive him to the airport myself or something like that. Like, really, dude, are you getting on the flight too? Because you suck just as much as I do. Like, that's when things start getting bad. You know, it's not like Tim Anderson's the batting champion like he was a few years ago, 330 average, you know, making great plays in the field. Like, this guy just sucks. Like, I don't know what happened. Like, the fall off of Tim Anderson over the last, like, 18 months has to be, like, has to be studied. Yeah. No, I, I don't – I can't really – you know, because those are the guys who usually are the most consistent. I mean, when you can make, you know, consistent contact like that and hit 320, uh, you know, usually you're going to be okay. Even if the home run – you know, it's maybe some year you don't have the power. But usually you're going to be okay and, and rack up the hits. I, I don't know where this came from. It's not like he's I – mean, what is he? Is he even 30 yet? I mean, he's – I think he's like 28 or 29 right now. He's definitely on the younger side. He he's 30. He just turned well. He turned 30 in June. So oh man, like <laughs> it's just like the holy trinity of like bad like of like bad things to be a free agent. Like you hit thir- like I don't know what it is, and it's like it, it's it's like the real life is like a video game. Have you ever played Madden franchise? And like once these star players hit 30, they just fall off a cliff. Like, and I feel like MLB front office executives think the same way. It's like, well, you're on the wrong side of third. Like your birthday could have been yesterday. And then you like ask for a contract. It's like, well, you know, you're, you're on the wrong side of Unless 30. Unless it's Aaron judge. Cause Aaron yeah, judge well, got 40 yeah. million after 40 million a year after. Yeah. Well, thank God that Hal Steinbrenner opened up his very, you know, a few moths flew out of his wallet when he opened it up. Cause he hasn't opened it up in a while, but that's a, that's something else for a, a different yeah. day. But uh yeah and and like you know he's on the wrong side of 30 i guess you could say now he's a locker room cancer or or, cancer from what a lot of people are saying and he's having the worst season of his career you know i i could easily see like what's a shortstop needy team like i could see tim anderson playing on like uh, well the the marlins are one team that was actually like pursuing him at the deadline and i i saw a lot of uh i mean their shortstop is like joey wendell right now um, I saw some Marlins fans saying, like, oh, w- w- after the punch, they're like, yeah, we're happy with uh, John, Josh Bell and Jake Berger. We're, we're, we're good with them. I mean, like, expanding it even even greater to the team itself, like, the, what, two, what was it, two years ago that the White Sox were, like, decent and had a really good roster. Yeah. And last year was a massive flop. This year was even it, it was bad before it even began because you could see in the first twenty five games of the season that this team was not was not about playing with each other and just not about playing in general. I mean, yeah. I mean the, the the greatest clip to sum up the White Sox season was when Louis Bob took that t- took that trot to first base 
when he could have he could have ran to second in the time that it took the pitcher to pick up that ball and throw him out. That's when they benched him, right? Yeah. But, but ever since then, yeah, he's been, he, he's been the only bright time. spot. Like that that thing completely woke him up, and he's he's been like he's. I mean, if the season ended right now, he'd probably finish top three in MVP voting. So Which it's amazing Which that the crazy. one moment they had discipline woke him up. And apparently, if you believe. Uh, uh, Keenan Middleton, who's now a Yankee, there are no rules there. So that might have been the only rule they enforced the whole year. You, you could see it though. Like you could just see like yeah. that people don't care. And then it's funny because I hate when this happens. I hate when teams do things like this and players come out and speak against the organization because one, it makes what we're talking about when it comes to the Yankees look bad because the rebuttal to our our conversation saying, oh, you know, the Yankees are too fuddy-duddy with their rules. Someone's going to say, oh, well, you know, the the Yankees would never be like that because they have so many good rules in place. And it's always about the franchise and all that. Like, here we go again. Like, then you get these these boomers that come out of the woodwork and say, oh, this is why the Yankees, you know, this is why you can't have a beard on the Yankees. Like, what, what does one thing have to do with the other? But – like that's that's the one thing that I hate about it, where it's like, ugh, like now now people are gonna say, look at what a good franchise. Like, yeah, that beard rule just got extended twenty years after those uh, Keenan Middleton comments. <laughs> I mean, you you have to strike a balance. Like you know, the Yankees don't look like they have fun now. Now part of the reason is they're not winning, so you know, they have no beards. But like, but like, <laughs> yeah, maybe if they had beards, they'd be like leading the AL East. Listen, no, I have I mean, a beard. I have a ton of fun. <laughs> So, well, that, that's all, that's the only example I need. I mean, that that's proof enough. No, but you know, like you can have a situation like the White Sox where everybody has fun and there aren't a lot of issues, but you have to have the right group of players. Like, obviously, yeah. they don't. Like, they, they just do not have the right group. And I'm not even talking about from a from a talent perspective. Like, there, you know, there's no leadership apparently. So, well, who, that's the, who that's are you the wrong turning group to? No like, who are you turning to for for leadership on that team? Yeah. Well, I saw people saying so. You know. Like Lance Lynn came out when Keenan Middleton said those things, and he was like, he was like, well, he's not wrong. And people were like, well, wait a minute, isn't Lance Lynn like the veteran leader on that team? Yeah, like, that's where, what I was thinking. He, but then he got traded away too. So. Yeah, like, well, like, isn't he supposed to be involved in that? Like, you know, it's one thing, like, or, or Giolito too. Like, you know, aren't they supposed to be kind of? I know, I know, the manager should be doing a better job, uh, but but you know, shouldn't the shouldn't some of that fall on the veteran players if there's like nobody if people are sleeping in the bullpen and you know there's no rules or anything so there's that side of it too they didn't have the right leaders i mean maybe this is just me and this is like like what are you supposed to do like if you pitched yesterday and you know in this day and age of well this guy threw five pitches yesterday so he needs a day of rest in between he came in and threw an inning like what am I supposed to do? Yeah, but, like, but you have you have the rest of the day to nap. Like I understand, I can see. <laughs> no, why I get no, I get it. I'm not the like games I'm not are like, shorter now too. Favor. I mean, I'm not in favor of it, but like at the same time, <laughs> as like a fan, if I saw, like, I'd be like, good for him. Like you know, like he's getting paid right now. Like like he he pitched yes, he threw three pitches yesterday. He threw you know, a bullpen. You know what though? I, I think I think one report identified that player as Gregory Santos, and he's actually like having the best year of anybody in that bullpen. So, so maybe a little warranted. See, maybe, maybe his his naps during the game make him better. I, you know, a lot of these teams have like uh, have like sleep experts on their staff. I mean, maybe maybe that's the key. Like, you just got to do it during the game. You don't have to do it before the game. I mean, have you ever heard of when um, in the World Series in two thousand five when 
I think it was Mark Burley started. I forget what game it was. He started, let's say game, let's say game two, he started, right? And then obviously he pitched like six innings or something. He's not going to pitch the next day. So he was drinking beer in the, in the dug, which honestly, until very like not that long ago, that wasn't necessarily frowned upon. Mm -hmm. So I was very surprised when I did the little like research on that. I was very surprised to see like it, it wasn't that long ago where that was like, hey, you can't do that. Um, it was like 2007 or eight. Like you would think that like, whoa, maybe, maybe like in the 40s when like, yeah. you know, shoeless Joe Jackson came from a, a hard nine to five at the grocery store before <laughs> playing baseball, you know, like <laughs> all right, kick back a few cold ones, you know, but but. And Mark Burley had, I think he said like four or five beers and he was a little buzzed and the game went into extra innings and he had to go in and pitch in like the 14th inning or something like that. And he pitched while he was buzzed. And I think it's hilarious because he got the save while he, while, he was, <laughs> while he was buzzed. Well, listen, I mean, Domingo Herman may or may not have pitched a perfect <laughs> game while drunk. So did you see that? Did you see that meme of like uh, the bench warmers where like the, the Spanish guy while he's pitching, he takes a swig and someone said Domingo, Domingo Herman during his perfect game. <laughs> it's funny because, like, you know, you have – I mean, in some ways you have to make light of the situation. But kudos, like, like drawing back on that, kudos to him to actually, like, you know, realize that he has a problem. I mean, you know. Well, it sounds so, like the Yankees realized he has a problem. Yeah. Well, this and, isn't uh, the first time that – I mean, this is the second type of abuse in, like, a year. So yeah, you got to so, do something, Domingo. But uh, if if it comes out, I, like I, I I need I need a report this year that he was actually like pitching that game drunk. Hungover is not even enough for me. I need I need to know that he was like pitching that game drunk. And well, if he did, that would I, I would never let that think go. Think about it like this. Now you know how baseball is all about analytics. Now, if <laughs> if Domingo Herman was drunk, then you have two pitchers in MLB history. That pitched a perfect game drunk. And what is there? 20 what is the 24th perfect 24th, game in history? Yeah. That's yep. eight, that's eight point what, eight point five percent. You know, the analytics might tell you to start drinking before so each the, game. So you have a higher probability of, of pitching a perfect game. I mean, then you've got a, a guy who threw a no-hitter on LSD in yeah. like the 60s. Like, well, maybe drugs are the gateway so to the, like the, MLB the history. Experts are out. And we're gonna bring in some bartenders now for uh, for each team, and and that's how that's we're gonna try that. You know, listen, you, some of these small market teams have to try something. Just margarita night and margarita <laughs> night with the players, like <laughs> yeah, with the, with the entire pitching staff. And yeah. you know, if that works, then we'll expand it to the hitters. Yeah, they uh, well, uh, yeah, maybe honestly, but that would be I I don't think. Even if that's the case, I don't think we'll know it until like ten years from now. If Domingo Herman was like sauced while he was pitching a perfect game, but I, that, that's why, like, I'm hoping it comes out. To I, I was just gonna say, honestly, I'd be a little disappointed if I knew that he was stone cold sober when he threw that perfect game. <laughs> I need to know that he took like a shot of whiskey or tequila in between the inning. In between well, now the we inning go. I mean, there's a chance. Like, it would not shock anybody if we if we found something out like that. Uh, but we wanted to, we wanted to mention before too that ever since well, since the last time we recorded there have been two no hitters yeah uh, which I think is pretty cool I know you don't think it's pretty cool but I think that's pretty cool well whoa whoa, whoa. Wait, <laughs> wait 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 a minute I specifically said that I think that people don't really care about no hitters anymore I never said me 
I'm all about the baseball history, but but there's nothing that bothers me more. And this is what I wanted to get to before we before we started recording, but I held back. There is not a piece of history that is more bland than the team, the combined no-hitter. That is literally the most bland piece of history of any sport. It's like I'd I'd rather do so many things in baseball than be part of a combined no-hitter. That sounds so lame. It's like, yeah, we threw a no-hitter and it took 10 pitchers to throw it. Like, that's terrible. Like, <laughs> that's not good. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to agree with you on that one. In fact, I like the last the last handful of, of team no hitters, like since twenty twenty two maybe, I have I've like actively disliked posting about them. Like I always feel like 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 this is just a waste of my time. Even news, yeah. But the one in the play and the one in the playoffs is different. No, that will well listen, That's different. Like, no hitter in the World Series, which is what yeah. happened last year, is incredible. That's different. I don't care what anybody says, like that is I, I think that's one of the biggest achievements of the of the you know of the of the last few years well, because that's what that's that's the second no hitter in playoff history and like there's only been what three one perfect game and and two no hitters yeah right? two no hitters and and one perfect game I, I remember I remember watching the Roy Halladay one when I was ten I loved Roy Halladay dude I, I remember was, I was over the I was so happy about that even he, to this I, day watching Carlos Ruiz field that little nubber in front yep. of the in front of the plate gives me an anxiety because I really <laughs> thought he wasn't going to get him. I know that was incredible. Yeah. With Brian Anderson on the call. I love Brian Anderson. Yeah. Um, I mean, and the context that people miss too, if they watch that back is that was his first postseason start yeah. and that was a big deal. He was like 35 or something like mm-hmm. he was going, he was in his 13th season. Dude, 2010 and, and Roy Halladay was goaded. No, he waited that long to, to pitch in the postseason and his first game, he goes and throws no hitter. It was one of the most unbelievable things I've seen in my life. It is better than, you know, than the combined no hitter in the World Series. But the combined no hitter in the World Series was pretty spectacular too. So, and not so, only that, but Christian Javier did that twice last yeah. year. He kind of did had a combined no hitter against the Yankees. I remember watching the first two innings of that game and literally saying the Yankees are getting no hit today. Yeah, because that yeah. was one of those stretches where their offense like completely falls off. I think he head. struck out like five of the first six batters, yeah. like w- with like it, fastballs, it, and yeah. I was like, it was oh, like seven innings and like thirteen strikeouts. Yeah, yeah I knew it was not going to be good, but like that's where it's impressive because like okay, it's because of the strikeouts that you couldn't keep going with the pitch count because yeah. you like just you happen to strike out like almost everybody you faced. But like getting back to what I wanted to say before Javier about Roy Halladay is. That 2010 season, I mean, he threw a perfect game yeah. that year, too. Like, people are like, that's just insane. Like, easily the only person in baseball history that has thrown a perfect game and a no-hitter in the same season. Like, let alone in, in general, has there, has there been anyone? Well, Felix Hernandez threw a no-hitter, right? He, he, Felix Hernandez pitched a perfect game. Yeah, I know, but I'm saying, like, in their career, I mean, like, he's the only person that's probably pitched a no-hitter and a perfect game, but... I think he only had a perfect game. I don't think he he never had a, a no hitter. Oh yeah, I forgot. I forgot that. Um, I guess you could kind of say Roy Halladay either, right? Because I I didn't really count the 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 playoffs as like the the overall. Like yeah, you threw one in the playoffs, but not like in the. Regular I think they season. count that, but Felix only he had should. one. Felix only had one in general. Oh, um, but. That was but, like the most deserved perfect game ever. It was because he didn't get, he didn't get to pitch in the postseason. Yeah, so that I, that was that was special and and it, lucky for him it lasted for 
11 years is the last one mm-hmm. until Domingo. But, uh, you know, the, the, the Michael Lorenzen no hitter last night brought back, it brought back some nostalgia because I watched the, I didn't get a chance. Uh, I, here I am, you know, near DC, so I can't watch it on MLB TV. I have to watch the nationals feed. So oh, once I saw the, uh, the, the Phillies call, it's Tom McCarthy who's on the call. He also called Roy Halladay's perfect game. Tom McCarthy's and so I, I, you know, I watched the, I watched the video of Roy Halladay's perfect game uh, more than most people will say that, you know, it, I, it was a great moment. Um, and you know, because it's the same guy, same voice, you know, he kind of goes through the same routine for a no hitter. It sounded, it just sounded so similar to his call of, of Roy Halladay's perfect game. It brought back a little nostalgia from 2010. It's um, just but, like, it, yeah, Lorenzen, and he pitched in Converse, too, last night, which was crazy. But At 124 uh, pitches, which nobody's done this year. Which was nice to see. It was nice yeah. to see a little. Well, yeah, I, I love, I have so much respect for Rob Thompson for letting him finish that Yeah, uh, He's going to remember that for gotten, Because then we would have gotten another trash combined no-hitter. Yeah. But, Oh but, yeah, um, that, that's what I see. That's what I hate. I get excited for a no hitter, you know, through seven or whatever, and then somebody comes in and finishes it off, and I'm like, I don't even want to be involved. In this. That's what happened yeah. with the Tigers. Uh, the Tigers have the only combined no hitter this year, I think. They yeah, did it was against like four the Blue pitchers. Jays. It was like, come on. Yeah, and I was like, like you know, I was working during it too. I was like, I don't want to have to write anything about this. Like, I just, <laughs> I don't, I'm, I don't, I'm not interested. I posted about it, and then I kind of just forgot it ever happened. Yeah, but. Combined no hitters suck, but there's only two. There's only two combined no hitters that actually mean something to me in in baseball history, and that's the one in the World Series last year, and then the one that the Angels threw after Tyler Skaggs. Oh yeah, by. that was no, that was. I still can't believe that they did that. That's it. The only the only two, but Framber Valdez was that was such a dominant. No hitter because, like you said in your post, and it's God's honest truth. When Framber Valdez is on, oh yeah, it's really, really tough to to even play against him. The he's guy such a ground ball pitcher. Like yeah. if, if he's now he gave up two home runs against the Orioles the other day. So you know sometimes well, that's late, the caveat of right. other, of, of the, more often than not pitcher. lately he he's actually been pretty off. I thought he I, I, he was my Cy Young pick coming into this year, and he was looking like he was going for it. And then aside from the no-hitter, he kind of milked it down a little bit. But uh, oh, when he's yeah. on, like, you're not even getting the ball in the air. Like, it, it is staying on the ground. And, and the Astros can field it. We know that. So it, it's it's extremely tough to beat him. That's, yeah. What they was probably it, don't win the World Series pitches? How many pitches? Oh, yeah. He was uh, under 100 pitches. Yeah, it was like right? 93 or 91 or something, or something like, like that. that. It was yeah. definitely – I think Domingo had 99, and this was definitely less because it was like the fewest – and th- this is a uh, this is kind of unbelievable in in 2023. It was like the fewest pitches in a no hitter since like 99 or something like that. Wow. Like, and you know, in, in these days with all the strikeouts and all that, like usually the pitch counts are just you know, even if you keep it low, you're still finishing a no hitter at like 110 or something. So that yeah, was exactly that was pretty unbelievable. Or you could do an Edwin Jackson and have nine walks and finish it at 149. See, like, what? There's two. <laughs> There's there's two criterias to me that if you have these then you shouldn't you shouldn't it shouldn't count as a no hitter. If you have more than 5 walks in a no hitter, it shouldn't count. And if you lose, if you give up a I shouldn't say lose. If you give up a run during a no hitter, it shouldn't count. If you see I don't think we'll ever see the 5 walks. 5 I don't think we'll ever see more than 5 walks. 
in a no-hitter again. Like Michael Lorenzen yesterday, he only had five strikeouts, and he only had four walks, and still he only had 120 uh, – still he got up to 124 like pitches. Four which walks is, is a lot for like – even like a like a complete game. Like four yeah, but, but that's lot. why I'm like I don't think we're ever hitting five or anything like that because yeah. if, he, if he had walked five yesterday, he's probably out of the game in the seventh inning you know, because yeah. they knew he wasn't going to go. But like I, I remember watching – I remember watching that Edwin Jackson no hitter because, you know, remember like I actually, believe it or not, actually in my new place, I actually don't have MLB network. I have to like get it. But you know, when you had MLB network on and you used to get really excited because they used to be a breaking news update and it would always be like you were watching someone and then the the TV would always just change to that. Whatever you were watching, fuck that. It's out the window. You're watching this now. So I remember watching like the last three innings took like, an hour and 30 minutes because he literally walked the bases loaded in the ninth inning and then proceeded to like strike out like two guys and then like get to a three, two count. Like it was, it was completely egregious to even let the guy go as far as he did to throw the no hitter. And afterwards I was like, is this even like, is this even an accomplishment? Like he can't pitch for two weeks now. Like, <laughs> no, that was, I remember that. That was like, uh, I think that was my last day of school when I was in like, fourth grade maybe third grade no fourth grade uh, to be fourth grade i remember that one vividly and and yes it goes without saying we're not going to see 149 pitch no hitter again as much as i want to and by the way interesting interesting uh fact added on to that the manager that night was aj hinch um mm. and he was uh fired six days later i i i mean I don't think it had anything to do with that, but he was. I think it had to do with the fact they weren't any good. 150 pitches. That's but, an embarrassment. You're but fired. He was, but he was fired six days later. Uh, so that you know, at least he ended up getting some more jobs. Obviously, there's 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 more to his story, but uh, that I don't think we'll ever see an Edwin Jackson again. I think AJ Burnett did a similar thing in uh, in like the early 2000s, like before yeah. my time. He had like a seven walk no hitter with the Marlins. Maybe that's what I'm saying. Like like how does that even like if you walk the bases loaded at any point in a no hitter. It's, it's a, like if anything, listen. If anything, you, you, there's a little, there's a little extra there that that's impressive that you were able to work no, out. That's like, not how impressive. Do such, no. How do you have such wild stuff and still not allow a hit in nine innings? Hold on, I have to look up now that we're talking about this. I have to look up the worst stat line in a no hitter ever. It's probably gonna be something from like 1930, probably, or like 87 walks. Like actually, you know what? Back then, did they even walk that many guys back then? I feel like you know control issues started when they used to pitch underhand back then. (laughs) Control (laughs) issues got worse when guys started throwing 102 miles an hour. So maybe, maybe it is. I mean, probably is Edwin Jackson. He, of course, probably doesn't have the pitch count record unless he does. I don't know. He might. I think he does. He might. I mean, I guess if they pitch, if they pitched a contact like they did in the past, you know, the past being like a century ago, then I guess so. One forty nine would have to probably right, be the highest. See. I got it. This is surprisingly an article, but okay. Uh, wow, these are a lot of words. Okay. So, <laughs> so Edwin Jackson's is the second worst of all time. Nine innings, no runs, no hits, eight walks. Six strikeouts, one hit by pitch, 149 pitches. That's pretty bad. Oh, and and speak of the devil, A.J. Burnett is number three. Oh, my God. It's even worse. Nine innings, zero runs, nine walks, one hit by pitch, three stolen bases allowed against. (laughs) I'm surprised that – 
so w- did he allow a run? No. <laughs> so that's shocking. Like you, you put nine runners on base and three of them steal. Like you know, there's not even like a sack fly in there. No, nobody gets to third, and you get a sack fly. All right, this is the worst one ever. So first off, this guy lost. Okay, that yeah, that that's bad. So it was Matt Young. He was pitching for the Red Sox in 1992. Nine innings, two earned runs, seven walks, six stolen bases allowed against. <laughs> Well, I see why he lost. I mean, like, oh, that is just so. Are there any more on this list? Because this is awesome. I gotta look and see if there's anything else. Um, oh God, Doc Ellis, nine, nine walks, one hit by pitch. What is this? What? Uh, that one's pretty. A five inning perfect game. What is this? Hold on, I gotta see what this is all about. Um. Oh, it was a rain delay. So this guy had a so how was that bad? So he had a five inning perfect game, and then the game got called. So it doesn't count as a perfect yeah, game. Yeah, I think you have to get to nine innings. Okay. You can't even do an eight inning. Yeah, no, it has to. It has to be nine. That's why the uh, that's why the Pirates. Sorry, help me out. What what was the what was the way it went? I remember the Pirates and Reds played, and somebody won without. I think the Pirates won without recording a hit. Yeah, that yeah, was only and that a was, years it was a ago. Hunter Green start, but it, it wasn't a no hitter for the Reds because they only it threw. Seven, eight yeah, well, Madison Bumgarner did the same thing. Remember, right. he threw somehow <laughs> Madison Bumgarner in 2020 through seven innings, no hit. But um, yeah, no, it's just that's funny. But yeah, Edwin Jackson, AJ Burnett. I think AJ Burnett's is worse, honestly. Nine walks and a hit by pitch, that's terrible. But um, yeah, no, not not even trying to take away from how efficient and how awesome Framber Valdez was. And then Michael Lorenzen has killed it. He's thrown 17 innings and two starts as a Philadelphia Philly so far. Listen, he he got named an all-star, and people were like, why is he an all-star? And that was a valid question because he was yeah. not having a great year. And he he I, he took it to heart. Like he's been he's been probably the best pitcher in baseball since that moment. Yeah. He's got an ERA, I think, of like 111 since he was named yeah. an all-star. He's been sensational. <laughs> I mean, he's got a no-hitter, and he had – like eight innings of two run ball yeah. in his Phillies debut. Like, so, I mean, good for him too, but I mean, <laughs> I still can't get over Edwin Jackson uh, stat line. That's just terrible. But so, but really what I want to, what we want to talk about now, especially because of how, just how preposterous it, I mean, this has been a preposterous episode of the of the ASM podcast. The Jackie Robinson special has been preposterous, but Kevin Brown being suspended by the Baltimore Orioles. See, like, this is what sucks. The Orioles can never have anything nice because the Orioles are playing awesome baseball easily a year ahead of schedule. And then they pull some stupid shit like this. Yeah. Uh, the uh, that Kevin Brown. Well, a lot of Orioles fans are saying, "Don't don't call out the Orioles." You know, call out the owner, who is John Angelos. Mm-hmm. Um, I think his father technically owns the team, but his father's like ninety five. So you know, John Angelos runs the show there. Um, and yeah, for anybody who doesn't know, you know, he he uh, suspended their play by play man Kevin Brown because he pointed out. That the Orioles were, I think they were like 0-15 and one in series at Tropicana Field over like a certain stretch of time. I don't know, four seasons or five seasons or whatever. 
Uh, and then all of a sudden this year they're winning at Tropicana Field because they're good, which you would think is like a positive statement about the team. Uh, but apparently you, you can't talk bad. You can't refer to the pay, to the uh, wasn't the, the graphic audience. on the television? Yes, it was, it was a graphic that, of course, the broadcaster doesn't produce. That's like, you know, the production truck. And he's reading from the graphic. Um, and apparently you can't mention that they were terrible for a few years because it, it and this is an exact uh, line from the report about it. He doesn't like that because it makes ownership look cheap, which they are, because that's they have the 29th highest payroll in baseball and yeah. 30 teams. They are cheap. Uh, so maybe, you know, I feel like the better way to shed the, the the cheap label would be to just spend money instead of doing this stuff um but yeah like that's why like like i'm i'm uh, you know i don't i don't throw around the word terrified lightly but i'm a little terrified that they're gonna leave baltimore at some point because this guy is like a complete loose cannon like if there's nobody in the room telling you that look like look even if you are somehow fuming over over them mention over this guy mentioning the fact that they used to not win in tampa uh, you still can't suspend him because it's going to be a horrible look for you and a horrible look for the entire franchise. If there's nobody around him to say that, uh, or if there are and he's not listening to them, then you know I, I feel like there's real fear about whether they'll stay in Camden Yards or whether they'll leave Baltimore altogether. Uh, but that's a separate issue. And you know, right now, um, Kevin Brown, who by the way is, you know, we again we have. Uh, I'm in the Orioles market here technically, so I have Orioles games locally, and because mm-hmm. they're pretty fun to watch, I watch them a lot. Kevin Brown is one of the best uh, play-by-play men in baseball. He's like he's really young. I, I'm assuming like you know early 30s or something. He looks like he could be like you know younger than us. Yeah. Um, but he he's his voice sounds, and I mean this is a compliment, very similar to Joe Buck. Um, he he, I think he offers more than Joe Buck, but like his actual like the his actual sound of his voice. Sounds a lot like Joe Buck. He's got like that announcer voice. Um, and the Orioles actually got kind of lucky hiring him because they the guy they had before him was Gary Thorne. Uh, and they oh, caught great. a lot of they got a lot of criticism for just dumping him. Um, and then they ended up hiring a great, you know, a great play-by-play guy. And I don't know, maybe John Angelos was thinking like, well, I could just do that again and hire another good you know, it, 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 it's a terrible it's, situation. It's funny that like this, if you're that self-conscious that your broadcasters can't, you know, mention like that kind of stuff, and it makes you look cheap and all that, if if you think something makes you look cheap, chances are you're <laughs> probably cheap. And what is this whole thing? I'm because I'm reading your post again. By the way, this posted numbers for you, but very unexpected, honestly. Like I didn't think that, especially since like I feel like for you, baseball posts don't do as Mm -hmm. well. Like I was very surprised to see like almost 17,000 likes on it. Yeah. I mean, that story went crazy. And, you know, I had actually known about it for a couple hours because I was working till 4.30 that day. Mm -hmm. And we were like, you know, talking about how to write it. And I didn't end up posting it till like 6.30. And honestly, I I just didn't think, you know, I didn't, like like you said, I didn't think it would blow up like it did. I mean, I, 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 I know Kevin Brown. Uh, you know, I know who I am aware of who he is, but if I didn't have like or, local Orioles games here, I'm not sure I would. Uh, and so I feel like most of the baseball fan, you know, most of the yeah. most baseball fans across country don't know his name. Um, but I think the story just ended up being so unbelievable. Yeah, it is. Um, you know, that, that it got, it got that kind of traction, which is a good thing, by the way, like, you know, it's, yes, it's a, it's a small market team. It's a guy that isn't really nationally known. And yet, 
he was so clearly wrong that everybody took his side. Yeah. Like, every, you know, it, this reached every every corner of the baseball world. Uh, and, you know, that's that's kind of an area where social media helps. Yeah, absolutely. So, and I'm glad that you mentioned. Attention. I'm glad that you mentioned that too, because one thing. I mean, if there's someone that thinks that there is. Let me preface this by saying that I think the Mets announced team is one of the most overrated announced teams in all of baseball. Don't get me wrong. I think they're good. They mesh well together. They have fun. Overall, sometimes when I listen to a Met game, it's just an overall boring experience. I don't know if it's Gary Cohen's voice, whatever it may be, but Gary Cohen slapped his nuts on the table (laughs) by just kind of going off color on the broadcast, you know, voicing his opinion on the whole thing and and showing support for Kevin Brown and and showing his disdain for the Baltimore Orioles organization. And I loved it. I thought that that was fantastic. I and I love the fact that there was no backlash. Like like the Mets brass isn't like you can't do that. It needed to be said. And I'm glad that it's someone as well respected and well known in the baseball community as Gary Cohen. Who said something? Now I don't know off the top of my head if other people said anything, but I know that I, I feel like that was the most nationally known aspect of someone saying something. And he took the time; he looked the camera dead in the face. I mean, yeah. like that. It was it, it was a nice, and it, it's nice to see that broadcasters sticking up for each other. And and you know, it, it's it's good to see him calling out what's clearly so wrong because that is just so unbelievable. That that would even and I I just read on your post that they're not encouraged to talk about former players. Why yeah. is that? So, I, I I I guess I don't know because there were some well some of them left maybe because they couldn't get paid or some of them were part of bad teams. I have no idea. Um, but yeah, that was part of. I think the Athletic had that in its report, and a lot of people were making jokes. Um, you know, in the in the earlier this week on Twitter about like, oh, well, you know, guess I can't mention uh, you know somebody from like 1995. Or, you know, what was it? Oh, it was somebody put up a stat and it was like, oh, yeah, Ryan Mountcastle had the longest home run by an Orioles since, like, and it was somebody who hasn't been there in a while. And they're like, I hope I don't get fired for saying that. <laughs> I forget if it I forget if it was like Mark Trumbo or something. It probably was like Mark Trumbo, ah, Trumbo or Chris that Davis. One year, that one year that he had 53 yeah. home runs and dipped. Yeah, the one year he led the entire league in home runs. So, yeah, somebody was like, I hope I don't get fired for saying this, but Ryan Mountcastle just hit the longest home run by an Orioles since, you know, since one of that those one guys. guy that was on the Baltimore Orioles that I can't mention his yeah, name. This player who shall remain unnamed from uh, 2016. Yeah, but I mean that is just that's so crazy that like it, it, that's even conceivable now. But what is so like has has there been like an update? Like what's what's going on? He's coming back tomorrow. Was so, it? Did he fill out the suspension or like? It was reported pretty early on that that day when the, all the stuff was coming out that he was going to be back on Friday. So I don't know if that oh, was yeah. like the plan or if that was like, well, we have to get him back. You know, I. I I have no idea. I mean, uh, to be honest, it, it shouldn't have even. Uh, Why would you even announce something like that? They they didn't announce it. They they did not announce it. They were thinking that it would be. This is how you know idiotic the whole thing was, is that they were thinking it wouldn't get it wouldn't get out, because um, he actually had been off the air since like July twenty third or something like that mm-hmm. or twenty fourth, um, and so you know. But but the more these things go, the more people ask questions about. 
you know, what's going on? Like, why are you, you know, like if Michael Kay's out for a, week, a series when they're in Minnesota, I don't question it. I just appreciate nobody it. notices, but, but if he was gone for two weeks and nobody said anything, then it'd be like, Hey, like what's going on here. And so the Orioles did not think this through thinking that nobody would come asking questions. Uh, and you know, it got out and the Orioles didn't really announce anything. They, all they said was that we don't comment on like personnel matters or, and, and he'll be back and we look forward to having him back in the booth soon. Yeah. That's a real slap in the dick right there. Yeah. We look forward to having you back in the booth, even though you should be there right now because we did something stupid. Like that is just like, and there's such like inklings that they know that like what they're doing is bad. Like, yeah. oh, let's not let this get out. Yeah. And then like, don't mention anyone because I'm a cheap fuck. And like, <laughs> I don't want you, like, I don't want you to say that this, like, it's okay. Yeah. It's like, it's like, like oh, they're going to think for other teams. They're going to think I'm cheap because we weren't good the last few years. Uh, you are. Where? What was your payroll in those years? And, you know, if your point is like, well, we had to lose to get, you know, to rebuild and get talent. Well, your payroll what? is still, it's yeah. still 29th. Well, I mean, like, listen. If this guy stays the owner for quite some time, he's royally fucked because he has so many young superstars that he's going to have to pay. Well, like, you know, but they hate him already. So, like, you know, yeah. either 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 he's not going to pay them and everybody's going to hate him, you know, or or he's going to actually f- start to get some uh, some love from the fan, not love, but you know, some appreciation if he actually pays them. But if he doesn't pay them, it's, it's not like they could hate him any more than they already do. I mean, so. Maybe maybe the blow wouldn't be so bad if some of these guys left. But yeah, they, there's going to be some issues if they can't pay the guys like Adley Rutschman or Gunnar Henderson in a few years. Yeah, especially especially Rutschman. But and I think, I, I I think mean, Rutschman because he finished top three in the rookie of the year voting, he's he's going to be a free agent a year early instead of yeah. it being like six years plus 2022. It's 2022 plus five years. That counts as one of the six. And that it's, comes up sooner than you think. Yeah, it's it's unbelievable, and I, I like I said, it kind of sucks because it puts like a <laughs> it's like a <laughs> it's like a wet fart in the middle of like the the Orioles like great season. Like it's just like something's something stupid. Like there always has to be something dumb that happens with the Orioles, whether yeah. it be. You know, I don't think many people know, like me and you, that they're going to wind up paying Chris Davis until like 2037 <laughs> from that monster contract that they signed him. It's not necessarily on the Bobby Bonilla level, but it's pretty bad considering that yeah. he hasn't played for them since like, what, 2018? Uh, something like that. Or 2019. Yeah, you know, 2019 was the year he, he had that 0 for you know, 44 streak or something like that, 45. It's and then like, after that, he was, for the most part, injured they yeah, he was he was right. uh kept comfortable away from the team I, for a while i would have been like listen here's 10 million <laughs> get the hell away from my stadium and don't ever come back like, like even when they were terrible it. they like they just like kept him away quote like, unquote injured that's how you know it's bad like like if you're being kept away from a team that's consistently losing 110 games a year yeah. because you're that bad like that's just that's not good but, yeah, so we can't have you rub off on anybody else that we're trying to develop. You're really bringing morale down. <laughs> <laughs> you're the reason why we're losing so many games. And honestly, you know, he was so bad during a stretch that he probably was one of the reasons why. But yeah. I remember, I remember though, after he broke that streak, he went two for his last two. So he kind of reversed a little bit of that. Yeah, once you nature. start, yeah, once you get one, right? You once can't you stop. get one, you get two, and then you go for twenty-five again. 
No, I remember that when I was a freshman in college, and he was, uh, it, he was. I think it was a day game where he finally broke it. He finally, uh, I, I forget what it was, zero for forty-five. Or something a like standing that. ovation. Yeah, no, and he finally did it. Uh, it was like it was like gigantic news. Like that's how it was treated. <laughs> it was just, you know, I mean, how bad do you have to be that you get you you get so horrible that every one of your at bats becomes must watch? Like, that's essentially what it became. That's terrible. Poor Chris Davis. Well, he's he's swimming in money, so you know. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, I don't really feel bad, but um, I think I think we have reached our uh, our finish line for for today's episode. Uh, I don't really think there was anything else we wanted to discuss. I mean, the trade deadline is so far gone at this point that no yeah. one. No, I don't honestly. The only thing I'll say about it uneventful. I wanted to see Shohei Otani get traded. That's all I that's all I wanted to say. You but. just wait for the Angels to make a run. They're going to make a run. They're only seven back. I love that the Angels, yeah, and they lost those seven right after the trade yep. deadline. They're probably going to pass the Yankees though at this rate. Good. I hope they do. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that was see like I was talking to Dan about about this when we first got on when we were pre pre-show recording. Was that every time that we go like two plus weeks without an episode, it's it's always an absolute banger. And I think that this was like one of the more funny ones that we've actually done. But um, yeah, we obviously everything's going to start real, hopefully, because every time we say that, you know, something gets in the way, life gets in the way sometimes. But, you know, the preseason officially, unofficially started really tonight Mm -hmm. with the Houston Texans and the. New England Patriots. Well, we really started with the Hall of Fame game, but I don't, I don't count that crap, especially since the Jets were playing. Yeah, I don't count, yeah. I don't count the, that at If all. the Jets had won, I'd count it. But we, yeah, we don't I, I don't, I don't count shit. But uh, you know, now we're going to start ramping things up again. We're going to hope to get you know more consistent basis again for the football season because this is our bread and butter. So we, we really, really look forward to that. And uh, Dan, this has been a lovely, lovely time. I must say. Yeah, four weeks. Four weeks from tonight. Uh, well, you know, this is being recorded on Thursday night, maybe not released on Thursday night. But four weeks from tonight, uh, the Lions and Chiefs start us off uh, in Week One. So we are we're inching closer. I'm, I, I've got twenty eleven teams down, twenty one left in my uh, NFL power rankings. So you know you could check those out. The Bears have already been ranked, as we talked about earlier. But uh, <laughs> today was. Uh, I put the Patriots at 22, which is lower than I've ever put them before. Wow. And of course, you know, some people in the comments were like, oh, uh, sleeping on the Patriots again. And yeah. somebody re- somebody responded like, "Every anyone who slept on the Patriots last year is still asleep. <laughs> um, so, you know, always always a good time getting ready for football season. And, and everybody except for maybe like three fan bases having a lot of optimism. Uh, so, you know, that makes it a fun time of year. And then all of that is going to be erased uh, in September when reality hits. Yes, but uh, we'll be we'll be putting out a few more episodes before then. So still plenty to talk about. 